You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into another edition of the Long Tossin' Podcast on this fourth day of June. Marlins looking to sweep the Oakland Athletics. Steven Strom here with Kyle Seeloff and Rod Allen, who makes his Long Tossin' debut. How is everyone doing today? Happy Sunday, everybody. Happy Sunday, buddy. What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm excited to have you on, Rod. You I'm got, excited to be here. You're a great storyteller um, and a lot of experience in baseball, so I think we can have some fun here. But first off, let's just kind of talk a little bit about this uh, this weekend series, a nice bounce back for the Marlins um, after dropping two out of three against the Padres. It's amazing what you can do when you get good starting pitching, and they got some good starting pitching a couple of days ago from Cabrera. They also got some really nice uh, pitching uh, yesterday from Yuri Perez, and when you get your pitchers giving you five and six innings and they're not walking people and they're keeping your defenders on your toes and your offense shows up and scores a couple of runs for you, you can win a lot of really good games. And obviously Oakland's not a good baseball team, but you still have to take care of home court advantage, and they've done that. Kyle? You know, I was thinking about that actually driving in this morning. If I'm thinking about the last three, four, five years, at some point every season we do this conversation. Man, the Marlins are a game over or a game under 500, and they've got a really light, favorable schedule coming up. And every single year, something happens. They do not take advantage of the situation because they're simply not good enough. Mm. They're doing it now. The A's come to town. They take advantage. They're doing what they need to do. They're taking care of and handling, at least to me, their business. To, to me, in recent years, this is a series the Marlins might lose. They might take two of three. And who knows? And that's not – if you win series, that's okay. But I just get the sense from this team in particular, they are day in and day out. They have a wonderful approach. They take advantage of teams that they should be beating. And I think within reason – that at times is a mark of a good ball club. There's a long way to go. But when you kind of play baseball like this, and Stephen, I thought you said it perfectly the other night. You said they took a businessman, a business-type approach to this series. They jump out to an early lead. They handle their business. They go home. They show up the next day. I, I, I am enjoying what I'm seeing from this ball club. Business-like performance is what I actually right. said. Well, you know, but that <laughs> I, I, I agree. That is the way that this team is kind of – handling the situation and the yes. Royals are coming to town you know what to be honest the way this team has been playing I'm very disappointed they did not win two of three against San Diego they absolutely coughed, they coughed up the first game and then in dramatic fashion they get two off the best closer in baseball but when you have that conversation the one that we're having right now about man you're disappointed because they should have taken two of three from a good Padres team that's a good I, yep. I see I, a little I, something here. I totally here. agree with that. You so. know, I'll take it a step further in what Kyle was talking about, about this team and the team's approach this year. And I believe it's different. I mean, I was here last year. Don Mattingly is a tremendous man, good manager, tremendous baseball person. But there's a difference between he and Skip Schumacher. Dan, Donnie was a lot more laid back. You see uh, Skip Schumacher is a lot more hands-on. He's in everything as far as the defense is concerned. Uh, the replays, uh, you know, everything that he does has turned to gold so far this year. Yep. And I think the team has taken on his personality. And that's one of the reasons why Kim Ang signed 
uh, Skip Schumacher because a couple of words into the interview process, all he was talking about is winning because he's come from a culture of winning in St. Louis and everywhere he's been, he's been a winner. And I think he's implemented that here. And I think we've seen that the first 50 games or so of the season. He's been remarkable, and these guys have really responded well to him. And a lot easier said than done. You win as a player doesn't mean it translates as a manager either. No. And he's done that here you so you got to have far. some talent. Yep. Stephen, may I really Go quick? Ahead, yeah. Because Rod talks about Skip. We had Jazz Chisholm on at the Brew Hall yesterday, and he was glowing when talking about Skip. And I know Skip is humble, and he would probably give me an awful answer, and it's one I'm going to ask him tomorrow. But I want to know what it means to him to get the support that he has gotten from the guys in the clubhouse that whenever they're asked, players continue to come back to Skip Schumacher and the culture that he has started to create. And I don't expect him to give me a good answer. He's going to say it's all about the players. But I hope deep down that that means a little something to him. Again, I hate that we have to preface it by saying it's nothing against Donnie. But the culture is changing. Yeah. The players are different. The times have changed. Skip Schumacher and his staff, his staff should not go unnoticed, deserve a ton of credit, in my humble opinion, for the success this team has had. The players have performed, but I think that ultimately stems back from what Skip and his staff in with Jazz, and I said, and we were talking about Skip, and we talked about, hey, how would you grade Skip's performance? We were both on the A minus, B plus, that train. But more importantly, like you said about the players, you know, Jazz told us a story yesterday because I asked him, okay, well, what made him different? Uh, Jazz was coming up to plate, and there was a bullpen change, and a lefty came in, and he walked over, and Skip said, what are you doing? You're going out there. You step inside the batter's box. You're, you know, you're a bad boy. Like, you're going out there, and you're going to hit. And I thought that spoke volume as well. So here we are, game six of this nine-game homestand. I thought it would be interesting to talk on the road for a very long time. Again, a three-city trip. Rod, you're not on this trip, but uh, you are for Rod Allen and Kyle Seeloff when, when you guys are home. My thing does pretty much from the time I get home at night. You know, I'm watching something on television. I'm and do something that's going to hit 20 guys did well, what our guys didn't do well, what I might want to say the next day. So it just never ends for me during the regular season. My wife says, I can't even talk to you during the regular season. <laughs> and she's right. You know what I mean? I'm so dialed in. What gym you go to, Rod? I go to the L.A. Fitness up in uh, in Pompano. There's also one in uh, in Fort Lauderdale that okay. I go to as well. So Clean, well uh, taken care of? Yeah. How much time you spend in there? About an hour and a half. Woo! About an hour and a half. He's a, yeah, you love that L.A. fitness. Yeah, I do. I do. I like to work out. Yes, sir. What about you, Kyle? Keeps me young. I bet it and does. And looking good. <laughs> I bet it does. <laughs> we've we've crossed paths in the steam room and the saunas before yeah, on the road. Yeah, what's with you guys in the sauna? I don't know. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a businessman's workout. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you go to the <laughs> yeah. gym, you get on the bike, and you, you look around a little bit. You have a little beverage, whether it be some water, and you go to the jacuzzi in the sauna. And the steam, steam room. room. Good steam room yeah. goes a long way. Sometimes you just go straight to the steam room. Makes you feel like you got to work out in. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Hang out there Have for about an hour. Have you guys been in the steam room to, Absolutely. Together? I've seen him in the steam room. Yeah. Before, yeah. You guys sit next to each other? Not too close. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been in there together. <laughs> we've been in there together. <laughs> the hotel in St. Louis. Maybe the it's a top steam room in the league. It is nice. It's what, got what terrific power. What makes a power. good steam room? Well. Cleanness. Clean. If it's condensed and uh, the moisture stays in, and it's toasty. You know, if it gets too big, the surface area, to me, increases, and it's not going to stay as hot as you'd like. And you have to have the timer set so when the steam comes out, I like a good timer where I'm constantly getting flushed out. You're not supposed to be in there for too long. We're so fortunate, though. I mean, we stay in these really nice hotels, and the the gyms are incredible, and and usually they have – you know, the steam rooms and the saunas and different things like that just to provide for you to go about your business in a 
and, and, and if that's what you like to do. That's what I like to do. Yes, sir. Continue with your routine, Kyle. What do you do in your home? Oh, it's really boring. Um, <laughs> God willing, I wake up every day, which is always an encouraging start to my day. I've been going to Starbucks too much. I've been giving oh, them. Oh, Starbucks. Yeah, I've been giving them too much of my money. Um, I don't regret it, but I just need to go to Publix and <laughs> take care of business What's there. What's your Starbucks order? Uh, I get the. Um, I get a I get a large iced coffee, no it's cream or sugar. Not, it's not a large. It's grande. It's venti, and it's uh, tall. Awesome. So I get a large iced coffee, black, no cream or sugar, <laughs> and then I get the uh, the egg white spinach oh, feta wrap. wrap. Oh my god! It's the same thing, and I've accrued enough of points. So the last three days, it's costing me four dollars and seventy four cents, as opposed to eleven forty five. I used two hundred points the last three days, and I do order it. He is going there too much. And I order it about <laughs> six minutes. As soon as I leave my house, I got to hit two stoplights. The second stoplight is when I place my order. They're so when crazy. I go through the drive-thru, my wrap is still hot. I do eat the wrap on the way home, or else my cat will want a little when I get back in the house, and we're not doing that. Wow. He's you got some meticulous. kind of routine. So yeah. then I do my work in the morning. I usually work between 7.30 and 10.30. I've been very lazy, but then I usually get on the Peloton for about an hour. Generally, that's been cut back to half an hour because i've been lazy which is why i need a steam room terribly bad i gotta drop 20 <laughs> i have to drop 20 but we get on the plane i am deleting those chick-fil-a chicken oh, nuggets man. which has been a big disaster look who walks in nelly walked in <laughs> <laughs> nelly walked we need in. to get him we should get him a headset <laughs> nelly likes those chicken nuggets we have <laughs> one we had one down here steven do we uh we do we had one can we get him on Noah, can you grab this this headset real quick and just throw it to kyle just, this is just exactly hand it to what me. i want here. nelly come down here for a please, second bud please we're talking about routines when we're home um so i've been dominating the chicken nuggets on the plane which i'm gonna stop Come on, Nelly. They got the healthy nuggets on there too, Kyle. Yeah, but I don't like the healthy the stuff. The grilled ones. They got the grilled ones. Yeah, I know. This is such a treat. This is a treat. Nelly, you walked in with a big smile on your face. He goes, he looked at me and he goes, long tossing like that or with long his, here. Put that and I go, on, yeah. There we go. Let's 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 plug him in. Let's take care of the guy. <laughs> Special guest here. Nelly, like, oh, you're gonna have to bring his all right, Steven, you you Nelly, talk. Like, you guys got to pay me extra. This is not my gig today. Yeah, bring him up. I love it. Is he on? Yeah, he's on. This is exactly. I don't hear. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so we we did a lot here, Nelly. So far, uh, Rod and Kyle talked about uh, going into the sauna together, and they what? Uh, <laughs> Hold on. How come I only hear out of one ear? Separate side. That's how it's going to be with that. It's not going to change. <laughs> Separate sides of the steam room, but we do cross paths in the steam room. <laughs> Businessman's workout. <laughs> Welcome, Nelly. Nelly, well, I mean, you lead me right into first. You're talking about chicken nuggets, and then you go right into the steam room. <laughs> oh, you're trying to work. Like, it what off. are we doing here? I mean, no, you invite me on the podcast. I don't need to be invited to the steam room. I'll uh, skip. All that. right. Well, you're, but you're just let, on the record. You have an open invite, Nelly. What was your routine <laughs> as a player, or uh, or give us a fun routine that you had that you think would be nice to share? Well, what it didn't exist. <laughs> Cherry tart and uh, beet juice did not exist in any of my pregame stuff <laughs> or postgame stuff that they do now. And we, I don't even think, Brad, we never had a healthy item. Never. No. Ice cream, candy bars. <laughs> That's probably why we never got hurt. Exactly. <laughs> you can't pull fat. Never went to the gym. What's an oblique? Uh, that. that that's a new new part of the body that <laughs> just existed over the last fifteen years. Right. I didn't. I never knew I had an oblique. <laughs> I, I really, I really had no clue. 
It's, uh, you, you know, we didn't get to the park. You know, did, I mean, home, we stretched at, what, 424? I mean, if it was a 7 o'clock game, we never played 640. It was always 7, 7, 10. You get to the park maybe 3 o'clock, 230, you know, and then you have a little routine. You do your arm exercises. Not your noon pitcher. like they're doing these days. Oh, no. You, you know, <laughs> they're early. We had, I mean, it, Buck Showalter was one of the guys when he was the manager with the Yankees and the Rangers, when he would come into Seattle and when I played in Seattle and even New York, he was probably the earliest manager as far as getting to the park. And, and the clubhouse guys were like, you got to be kidding what me. What time you get there? here at 11, 1130. And you had a 7 o'clock game and his coaches would come with him as well. So it that, but we never, you know, even at home three, you'd go through your routine, take you about an hour you know, two thirty. You go through arm exercises. You go do some leg weights, and then you go out. And I was a power shagger. I loved power shagging. Right. <laughs> and uh, I would sit out in left center field, and Mo- Mariano Rivera would be in center, and Bernie Williams would shag every once in a while. And even when I was in Seattle, Ken Griffey Jr. hardly ever shagged. I mean, the guy was just a, that much of an incredible athlete. And then after BP, you do go in, do your weight room weights and stuff like that, and hit some peanut butter and jelly before the game, and that's probably about it. Go get them. Yeah. On the road, it was different. I mean, when nobody got to the park until, I mean, then you're stretching at probably 520, you know, and then uh, you get to the park around 3, 330. And the best thing about it, when we came up, man, after the game, you know, guys didn't rush out of the clubhouse oh, with, no. with bags in their hands with their food. You sat down and you ate whatever the spread was. You had a nice little beverage of choice if you wanted to. You talked about the game. We sat around a lot more yeah, in, a the lot times in the clubhouse after room, right? the game. Yeah, just wherever. But nowadays, I mean, guys are in and guys are out of the clubhouse yeah. very, very quickly. But we spent more time in the clubhouse after the game right. back in those days. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was we were – we were, uh, you know, having a lot of beverages in the train room. <laughs> and shared, we were always in a late of, late bus. Shared I mean, a lot. They so had we two were, buses. We were, we were cabs back then. Yeah. I remember my first couple of years as, as a broadcaster. Not so much. I don't remember so much as a player, but as a broadcaster, the younger players, they couldn't get on the bus. I mean, if you got on the no, bus No, I know. I explained rookie, that to somebody before. You could not get on the bus. You had to take like, a cab. What? You had to be on the yes. cab, and you had to get <laughs> to the ballpark early. Yes. If you got on the bus, a veteran player would be all right. over you as a right. rookie player. Wow. I remember when I was in Seattle, I came up in ninety in ninety two. I mean, I was there the whole year, and I luckily I played cards, so I was able to go in the back of the plane. Yeah, because otherwise you couldn't like from the twentieth row. You had to go the twentieth row up. Yes, you couldn't go in the back of the plane. You didn't fit in. Yeah, no. Nope. You you had to stay. You had to stay up front. And you didn't have the, much enough time in. Yeah, and even even the umpires, as far as rookies, they would they would crush you and they would <laughs> test you. Really in tough situations. You wouldn't get close calls. And, yeah, I went to some golf thing in St. Croix, and there was a bunch of umpires after my rookie season. There was a bunch of umpires, and, and they would say, okay, your, your second year, you're going to get a little bit different now. He said, mm-hmm. we want, your first year is all about, all about testing you. And there was close – I mean, you're coming into crucial situations, and I'm not getting calls. I'm right. like, oh, my – I mean, you don't say anything. <laughs> and and you, just take, you just take your medicine, and then the second year, then it started opening it up a little bit. Well, Nelly, I'm so glad you're here. These two guys are saving this I podcast mean, they really because are. They the, really the, the are. messaging we were receiving, this uh, episode five, this one could have been the last one if yep. it didn't go well. So I think we're renewed for another week. So, <laughs> Nelly, <laughs> last time you were here, you got in depth about your Red Sox stories and the guy jumping over the bullpen, and you were very uh, – 
uh, d uh, descriptive with those stories. And Rod, I, I also want to talk about your time in Japan. Oh, There's this famous no. video of you chasing. Yes, a guy. I can, saw. Yes, can you give us? <laughs> I can saw you that. Give us the, <laughs> what did he do? Take <laughs> your chicken nuggets, and you were like, "What the <laughs> heck is <laughs> going on here?" <laughs> so, what the heck happened in Japan? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, that was like I think my second year over in Japan. We were playing against the the Taiyo Wells. Who'd and you the, play for? I played for Hiroshima. Oh. And the guy on the mound, his name was Diamond, last name Diamond. I forget what his first name was, but it started wow. with a K. And I'd faced the guy a number of times, number of times. But anyway, this particular day, I mean, I was balling. I had a great day. Homered off the scoreboard, doubled in the <laughs> gap. And then I was on second base in one instance, and there was a base hit to right field, close play at home plate. I slid around the catcher. I had to slide around him because he was blocking the plate. So I got on third base the next time up. I, I had a great day offensively, and it was I tagged up. I, I was on third base. I tagged up, and the catcher was blocking the plate this time. So I gave him a little forearm shiver, you know what I mean, when <laughs> yeah. I got to home plate. Because, I mean, I already knew he was blocking the plate. I gave him a little forearm shiver. I slowed. You, when you watch the video, you understand exactly what I'm saying. A little bit of a forearm shiver, and he went down like he was dead. And he stayed down for 10 minutes. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. <laughs> Where'd and, you shiver him? And then he stayed in the game. He stayed in the game. But but while that ten minutes, while he was down, the other manager came over, and him and my manager, they were arguing back and forth, and he was talking about I pushed him and all that, and they were pointing at me. I'm like, man, dude, he's blocking home plate. All I did was, you know, ran, I ran him over like yeah. we do. It was legal then. Okay, so then I'm sitting on the bench, just like the seventh inning, and I told my buddy Mike Young, and Mike Young just passed away, unfortunately, 63 years old. He used to play for the uh, Baltimore Orioles. I know you know Mike Young, yeah. big, big switch hitter. Yeah. He just passed away, unfortunately, but he's my teammate. And I told him, I said, they're going to throw at me next time I get up, and you got to come with me. I'm, we're the only two Americans on the <laughs> yeah. team. You know what I mean? Because so, everybody else is staying in the dugout. Yeah, you know, we're the only two here, but, but I knew he was going to throw at me. So it was kind of premeditated on my part. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or else I probably wouldn't have even gone out there. Yeah. So lo and behold, I get back up there, and he throws at me. <laughs> and he throws behind me. He misses me. And then I took off toward the first baseline because I've watched other Americans act a fool in Japan yeah. and charge the mound. And what the Japanese players do, they try to get to their dugout. You know what I mean? So their dugout was on the first base side. So you were cutting them off. So, 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 as soon, so as soon as he threw at me, I shot right down the first baseline, and that's exactly where he was headed. Trying to beat him to the spot. So, so, so I cut him off, and I turned him upfield. And then I had to run him down to the warning track. It's the craziest thing, man. But I'm like running. I said, dude, where are you going? You know, so, where are you going? So all of a sudden, man. By I, the time he caught up to him, you had to be out of breath. Oh, dude, I was so tired because I, I had a big day, man. It was it was no, Astro Turf. I mean, it, it's crazy, man. <laughs> I turned him up field and I ran him down to the warning track. Yeah, Rod running the video. Look at him go. <laughs> hey, dude, I look like, like a young Bo Jackson in that. You field. do. Hey, dude, you I was, really I, do. I was like, flying yeah. in there. All right, so so anyway, <laughs> so so anyway, I get out there and then my interpreter. You look like my, a fan that ran onto the field <laughs> and everybody's like chasing you. And then my interpreter's out there, Mr. Masamoto, bless his heart. He's grabbing me. He said, come on, come on. You made a fool out of yourself. Come on, get off the field. So I go and I get off the field. Field. All right, so good. I get kicked out of the game, obviously. And uh, we're traveling home the next day. And then the next day in Japan, they give you fight money. You know, after you have a good day, the manager and all his coaches <laughs> are in a room, and they give you fight money. Like, they call you into the room, and all the managers and coaches are around. He gives you an envelope, and all the coaches say, nice game, or whatever the way they want to, what, yeah. whatever they want to say to you. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, so, so, you, so you get your little money. But on this particular day, they called me in. And as soon as I walked in the door, the entire coaching staff was busting up. 
they could not contain themselves yeah. at what yeah. I had just done. And the manager told me, he said, they fined you $1,000, but I'm going to pay your fine. And he also gave me some fight money, too. <laughs> and my teammates, man, it was crazy. But to finish the story, we went through the regular season. None of those players on the other team wouldn't talk to me anymore. And we all, they all talked all the time, but they wouldn't talk to me until I let them hit me later in the year. They hit me, and I went back to first down to first base, and then we were buddies after that. Mm-hmm. But it's hysterical, man, how that, that, that thing was 30 years ago, man. People still talk about wow. it. Amazing. How long did you play over there? Three years. Really? Wow. Same team? Same team. Same team. Hiroshima Carp. That's incredible. Well, that was Long Tossing, <laughs> Episode 5. Thanks, Rod. Thanks, Nelly, for joining us. And Kyle Seeloff, I'm Steven Strom. We'll talk to you next Sunday.